And you're very welcome to Genius Hack episode two. Last week we realized that we didn't introduce ourselves. No, we didn't. I'm Orla. <laughs> I'm Sean. <laughs> now you officially know us. Yeah, like last week you kind of knew. Yeah. You, you knew of us. Yeah. <laughs> but See, now like, you actually know. It's like you know when you when you meet somebody at a party and like there's no official introductions, but mm-hmm. it's all acquaintances. Yeah. And then you re- like halfway through the conversation, you realize you don't know their name and they don't know your name. See, now we're at the point in that awkward conversation where we introduce ourselves. Yeah, exactly. So now you know who we are. Yes. Or at least I hope you now know who we are. Yes. You have a name. <laughs> we are Sean and Orla. Yes. Orla and Sean. Orla Whichever Sean. way you'd like to say it. Orla. Shorla. Shorla. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not fair because you get all the letters. I get one. <laughs> <laughs> Stem vowels. Actually, both our names are... We both have two na- two vowels. We both, we both have two names. <laughs> This is going to become a very Science. confusing show. <laughs> yes, we both have two vowels. Yes. But um, this isn't a um, word show. What's no. the word for that? English. English. What I did my degree in. Yay. Yay. No, it is indeed a science show and a very exciting science show today because we have an interview later on with David Moore. We from do. From Astronomy Ireland. Mm-hmm. And he's amazing. Oh, he's fantastic. And so is Astronomy Ireland. Astronomy yeah. Ireland in general is fantastic. Anytime I either look like look onto Astronomy Ireland's Facebook or their website or any other social medias or talk to David Moore, I learn so much, mm-hmm. so much. Even today, like I spent most of the interview going, oh, my God, no way. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, he's fantastic. He is brilliant. And he'll be talking to us about all sorts of stuff, giving us a background on Astronomy Ireland itself and on some of the events they have coming up. Yes. And there's and some really cool events. events. Well, it's Astronomy Ireland, so they all take all the events are sky related events. But new sky <laughs> events. <laughs> you can imagine that an astronomy group doing sky related events. <laughs> crazy. Absolutely crazy. This is, you should probably market this. this I is know, a, yeah. Do you think they genius. know? No. No. I, d- I don't think I'll they've realised it yet. Yeah, you should probably, like, hey, David, look, we have an idea. <laughs> the sky. Have you looked up there? There's loads of things up there. <laughs> Oh, it's been a long day. <laughs> it has. It's been a very long day. <laughs> I haven't had caffeine in a matter of hours. <laughs> but uh, speaking of sky events, don't worry. You'll still get your your sky-themed fun facts later on as you well. Will. We've got some really interesting ones. And hopefully you'll have the same reaction <clears throat> as me. And I'm not alone. I'm like, oh my God. Reactions mm. like, yeah, we knew that. <laughs> like last week I did the fun facts and you hadn't really got a clue what was going on. I have yeah. a vague idea. Yeah, I, I saved really a few. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so we've got that. And then, of course, we'll have our little bit of a news roundup afterwards as well. Of course. See, we we have some kind of structure. Don't Mm -hmm. you worry. Absolutely. (laughs) And um, it was great as well. Thanks for everybody who listened in last week. We were a bit kind of nearly nervous that people wouldn't listen in. And we actually, obviously, we we have no way of knowing right now uh, how many people are listening kind of live on on radio. But then there's also um, put them up for for podcasts. And we had a good good few people listening in on that as well. including. Four people from the States, which was crazy. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, um, hi, hi, Americans. Yes. Hello, everybody. And thank you for tuning in. I don't know why, but thank you. <laughs> please stay. <laughs> yes, please stay. Um, but we will go for just a minute. I will yes. be back with our first topic after this. Stuff. And you're very welcome back to Genius Hack. You are indeed. And I have a question <laughs> for you. Do you? I do. <laughs> do you? Are you ready? Ready for? Facts. Facts, facts, facts. (laughs) (laughs) We need like a little sting for that. Yeah, yeah. Facts, 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 facts. facts. 
<laughs> Who needs like, you know, <laughs> echoing or anything like that? We can do it just fine ourselves. <laughs> fact, 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 fact. Yes, I um, am indeed ready for fact, 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 fact. <laughs> Good. Uh, and I hope our listeners are too. Because I have some facts about... Awkward if they weren't. Comments. Not comments. Comments. <laughs> comments. Comments. That comment section though these days. <laughs> uh, no, I have some fun facts about comets. And there's going to be one... Actually, right now, if you... Well, not right now. There's going to be um, one right now. Look at the windows. But... This week and the following weeks, um, if you look to the sky, you'll be able to see one. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where this whole thing has come from. <clears throat> um, fact number one. Did you know that comets could strike our planet and have? Well, yeah, I, I, I knew they had. Yeah. yeah. R.I.P. dinosaurs. Mm. Saw's friends. <laughs> um, but like, it's more, it's more frequent than we thought, mm. basically. And um, new research suggests that a comet smashed into the Sahara Desert some 28 million years ago. And earlier this month, scientists reported that tiny pebbles found in the Sahara um, like came from the comet's icy core. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? It is. And what's crazier is I really thought you were about to say one hit the Sahara Desert all those years ago and two weeks ago uh, <laughs> or whenever it was. <laughs> just miraculously, one the just Saharan landed. Desert is still getting hit by comets. That's that's amazing though the fact that there's still you know there's fragments still fragments of it, of it that yeah. are still left from all those years ago from the core of a comet and like, that they can identify as well that that's what it is you know yeah. that that's definitely what it is that that's where these things have came from mm. they're not just clusters of compressed sand or something like yeah. that um another one which I love because it makes me very excited comets may have brought life to Earth and filled our oceans oh wow yeah yeah <clears throat> do elaborate. In 2009, NASA spe- a NASA space probe took a sample from Comet Wild 2 and found that it contained the amino, amino acid glycine, which is an essence, essential mm. to life, basically. And a recent study suggests that comet collisions have brought 22 trillion pounds of organic material to Earth and provided Earth with, uh, for the synthesis, er, provided energy for the synthesis of more complex molecules. Wow. Uh-huh. See, they're the kind of things that you kind of, I hear and it's like, I feel small. I know. You know, I feel sort of nearly like, oh, a little bit insignificant yeah. in a way. But uh, no, that's amazing. Like the fact that you know, there is a there is that possibility. Because the fact is, we realistically still don't 100% know where we came from, no. how it all kind of began. There is a, a rake of different theories. And um, the idea that there you go, possibly there's a possibility that uh, you know the building blocks for for life to an extent could May have, have come. come from space. Yeah, meaning we're kind of aliens. <gasps> oh, I like that. Because mm. <laughs> um, actually, in 2011, science, scientists also discovered that the water inside a comet had nearly the same ke- chemical composition as water in Earth in Earth's oceans. So that's where the whole speculation that maybe when like Earth was getting just. Mm. pounded by comets um, <coughs> that it filled our oceans did they like kind of yeah I suppose leave something leave that behind yeah you, know? yeah, you wouldn't know like obviously there's there's way smarter people than us who are kind of working this kind of stuff out and that's what they do yeah and it just it boggles my mind to even think that there is that possibility that something like that could have happened in theory you know like as you said the fact that it, it just even ignoring maybe even ignore the fact that okay this might be how life started or all that stuff yeah. just look at the simple fact that there is a possibility that 
like that, like what you're saying, this comment, these comments came down. Not even a possibility, actually. Sorry, fact. Yeah. But these comments came down and they actually had this material on them, this ice, this fro- frozen water that had very, very similar composition to water yeah. here. Something that comes from untold number of miles away has something that is almost directly in common with us ourselves. That's just mind blown. And like the thing to like, because obviously our our whole perception of life is breathing and water and oxygen and yeah. nitrogen and all this. Who's to say that it's that that's our interpretation of what life is? And if there's no water, then there's no life. Who's to say that like just because there's no water doesn't yeah. mean that people like uh, different species have been able to exist without yeah, it? Yeah, because I remember I've read some stuff on that before, and basically, to in a, in more simple terms, it's like if you look at how we're supposed to have evolved. Yeah. Um, it's like we found one way of doing it. Yeah. We found that this was the solution that we went with in order to live on this this environment where we live. Whereas it's very possible that other things on it, theoretical other planets yeah. could have just come up with a totally different way to overcome either the same things or yeah. different things. So, you know, there is every possibility that there's life that could exist that doesn't need the same things we need. Exactly. Like the possibilities are literally endless. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um. And just speaking of possibilities, as I said earlier, that like Earth has been hit by comets, has been, will be. Mm-hmm. And like if you look at the moon, an awful lot of craters on that moon. Oh, yeah. Where do you think they came from? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, you can see the, this evidence of like, all you know, scars, essentially. Exactly. Where, yeah. you know, they were bombarded. And that you can see from Earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's kind of the crazy bit as well. That just, <laughs> they're visual, visible to the naked eye. No telescope needed, no binoculars needed, yeah. no nothing like that. You just, you can see it. You yeah. Know? So, like, obviously there is so many comets going around. So much so that scientists so far have discovered about 4,000. But evidence suggests that there may be hundreds of millions more, perhaps trillions of comets. Wow. Speaking about feeling small. <laughs> Go away, comets. <laughs> <laughs> trillions. Like... I can't even begin to fathom, the, the, like, the, a trillion of anything. <laughs> That's the thing. It's sort of a, it, it's an insane number to think that they're, to think that they're out there, they're floating around us. Now, 99.9999% of them are probably absolutely harmless to us. You know, yeah. never going to do us any, any harm. Yeah. So when you actually say that, you say these numbers, yeah, they sound big, they sound scary. And but realistically, a, we're in no danger from them. But there yeah. is always the chance any one of them could literally just kind of, you know, not just nick past us, actually, yeah. you know. Hit us. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> like the dinos. Yeah, I mean, it's happened before. Yeah. And like the thing is, you always hear like nearly once every year, every two years now, maybe it's probably due to the technology getting better. Mm. But you do hear it's like, oh, like Earth narrowly escaped (laughs) being hit by a meteor or by a comet. And you're just like, oh, cool. So, you know, the world could have just ended yesterday, but it didn't. It didn't. That's the main thing. Yeah. It didn't. By like, you know, 100,000 miles or something. Mm. Which sounds ridiculous. And then when they put it in like the context of space, it looks like an inch. Yeah. It's like, oh, cool. That's that's lovely. Mm. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> That's these, what you need on a Tuesday. <laughs> it's like when you hear something just kind of barely grazed us. Like, as yeah. you said, they're the kind of numbers you're talking about. Yeah. But on a, on a more astronomical sta- scale, that's, yeah. a, that's a very, they're, they're small margins. They're really small margins. Yeah. 
And but we'll, let's not think about that. No, let's not, because we're going to be fine. The trillions of comets just whizzing by. Yeah, it's all good. Like, haven't hit us yet. Surely yeah, exactly. that means they're never going to. Grand. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is one actually that I found really interesting, and it was that comets have their own atmospheres. Oh, that's really that is actually really interesting. Yeah, I really like that, and it's like the fuzzy, the fuzzy, the fuzzy, the fuzzy, the fuzzy, the fuzzy clouds surrounding a comet's nucleus is called a coma. Who okay. knew? Um, and as comets approach the sun, ice in their nuclei, which was what the particles in the Sahara mm-hmm. um, were part of, the ice in the nucleus, um, is converted into a gas, and then the gas spews outwards from the nucleus. Forming a thin, a thin atmosphere. I like how they say a thin atmosphere, because like it only grows to be about sixty thousand miles or more in ah, diameter. That's all. Yeah, ah. it's very, very thin. Why is it not thin. Be there? I know, right? Because <laughs> in two thousand and seven, uh, the comma of Comet Holmes was found to be an astonishing eight hundred and sixty-nine thousand nine hundred miles in diameter. Oh, so wow. not. It's a bit bigger than thin, but I wouldn't go so far to say a large one by oh, any no. means. Yeah. But these it's are only I mean, nearly 900,000 miles in diameter. That's all. That's yeah, all. Yeah, sure. It's just a smidge. But that's what <laughs> I mean when we're talking about stuff on this scale. Yeah. Like that is small. These are the numbers that, that you're dealing scale. with. Yeah. Yeah. So when you do hear that, it's like you're missed by like 100,000 miles or whatever <laughs> you're like, it is. Pfft. Grand. Yeah, it's just like, oh, it's loads it's away. It's a bus between that. Yeah. But then <laughs> when you look at the, like, the thin atmosphere is nearly 900,000 miles. Uh, like, it's it's scary in one point, but so interesting in another. Yeah. Um, and then another thing that I noticed, you know, the way, what, like, the difference, I'm so probably going to be so wrong, um, but comets have tails mm. and meteors don't. Right. That's how you know the difference. Please do let us know if I'm wrong that I've completely fabricated this, but I'm nearly certain that I've heard this before that comets have have tails. Wait for the emails. Wait for all yes, those messages. Like, well, actually, or it's spreading misinformation. <laughs> if I'm spreading it misinformation, I'll be sure to correct it next week. Don't worry. Um, but uh, yeah, so as comets approach the sun and the solar wind and the sun's magnetic field sweep particles from the comet into tails which stretch behind the comet's head. So it's not just one tail. It kind of looks like one, but it's actually two. Mm. The dust particles from a curved tail um, are, that can then stretch, up to, again, very small, very small. It's just up to 60 million miles in length. <laughs> Just, just 60 million. Yeah, I'm sure I walk, I do that walk twice a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it feels like when I'm stuck in traffic. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm driving 60 miles. That's the M50. <laughs> 60 million miles, sorry, not 60 miles. Um, and like that's, that one is actually quite small. Hmm. Um, and Comet Ison's dust tail is believed to span about 57,000 miles. However, the gas tail um, which would be kind of a blue-coloured tail. The the biggest ones so far, they can be as long as 360 million miles. Wow. Yep. That's just, that's just for the tail. <laughs> like, uh, oh. And like, with, with tails like that big, how big is the comet? Like... Yeah. Well, see, I'd imagine it's I, not... I know they were saying the diameter, but again... Yeah. It's like... I can't fathom. It's it's so large. Obviously, it's going to be proportionate to the actual the the comet and the tail are going to be somewhat proportionate. You're not going to yes, get like yeah. a tiny comet with a massive tail, I suppose. I assume, but um, I feel like that's very cute. Presumably, 
it's it's got to do with, as well with the fact that there's less resistance, you know, when yeah. kind of going through space, I suppose. Yeah. It is. It's an, it's an interesting one. And to be fair, like the other, again, please do correct me if I'm wrong. This is like a fun fact that I picked up that um, there are comets and meteors that come near Earth, but they're they're smaller. Mm. And they get disintegrated by Earth's atmosphere, and then yeah. they're teeny tiny. Some of them will. They're born yeah. up. They're born up on entry, and they yeah. don't really cause any any issue, really. Yeah, they're just basically rocks, mm. which could have been. Well, no, if the if I was about to say the one is Sahara, but if its remnants are still here, twenty eight million years later, probably was a bigger one. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> might have been a bit larger. <laughs> little, little bit larger. Yeah. Um, but I think we have to take a break. We yeah. are just realised the time is whizzing by, just like those comets. <laughs> See what hey. I did? See what I did? I, that, was, that was good. That was good. In good my job. head, that was good. <laughs> Welcome back to Genius Hack. Again, still love that. Me still, too. I still like the fact that rhymes. <laughs> um, quick reminder as well, actually, our social medias. Yes. Um, check us out on the social medias. We are on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. Just look for Genius Hack on Facebook. You can also find us on Twitter at Genius Hack 925 and on Instagram at Genius underscore Hack 925. Yes. Uh, you'll find us there. All the information about where um, where you can catch the show, the times for repeat, because we're repeating on Sundays, 12 o'clock. Um, 12 o'clock in the afternoon not 12 midnight yeah. uh, 12 o'clock in the afternoon and we are um, we stick stuff up for podcasts as well so you can have a listen online all the information for all of that will be will be there because there's some developments going on with that that haven't been 100% finalised yet so we're trying to work stuff out in terms of where we can put the shows and stuff so we'll stay keep tuned. you informed yes stay tuned and stay yeah. tuned to the social medias we will keep you informed about all of that yeah but uh, very exciting. Earlier on today, we spoke to David Moore. Um, busy man. Very busy man. Very so busy hard, man. hard to pin him down. But we got a chance to chat with him earlier on today. And uh, we've got that audio for you here. So sit back, relax for the next few minutes. Have a listen to us earlier on speaking to David Moore about some really, really interesting stuff. And we will be back with you after this. Okay, so joining us now on the line, we have David Moore from Astronomy Ireland. Good afternoon, David. Good afternoon. Hey. Welcome to the show. Indeed, episode Thank you very two. much indeed. And you're coming in early as well. This is only episode two of our new show, so getting getting on board early. Excellent. Glad to hear it. It's going to be big. It's going to be huge. Oh, yeah. Um, but, of course, you're from Astronomy Ireland, and for anybody who maybe is listening who doesn't know about Astronomy Ireland, that doesn't know what it is you guys do, could you maybe give us a, a little bit of a background, give us a bit of information on Astronomy Ireland? Sure. Well, we set it up as a very public body for everyone who's interested in space to come together for various events, lectures, a big barbecue observing session during the summer called Starbecue, barbecue under the stars, <laughs> evening classes, and of course our flagship magazine, which was one of the biggest circulation magazines in the world when we launched it in UK newsstands. Wow. So we're very proud of Astronomy Ireland magazine. It tells people not only what to see in Irish skies, and reports what people have been seeing in the last uh, previous month. But it also has the Irish angle on a lot of the stories. Mm. There's a lot of people involved in all these missions to the planets and discovering things about black holes, etc. in Irish universities and institutions. We know who they are, so when a story breaks internationally, we know who to contact to get the Irish angle on it. Yeah. It's pretty fun. 
Absolutely. And, and it's important, especially for, for us here, to kind of see that Irish angle on it. Because I think we, if you're following stuff online on the likes of Twitter and stuff, you're, you're seeing like the big names, you're seeing stuff from NASA and you're seeing Elon Musk and stuff like that. And it's great and it's really cool to see their, their stance on things. But it's great to see something from a more local kind of lo- local eye. Mm. Oh, it certainly is. I give talks in schools all around the country and the first thing I tell them is the Irish invented space exploration. Newgrange is the oldest astronomically aligned building anywhere in the world. So ancient Irish people over 5,000 years ago were studying the sky to see what was going on. In fact, they used it to forecast when was the best time to plant crops, which literally saved their lives. Um, That's continued right the way through till the um, 19th century when we had the biggest telescope in the world down at Burren County, Offaly. And people came from all over the world to look through this giant telescope. It was the Hubble Space Telescope of its day. And even now we're involved in the European Southern Observatory, which is building the biggest telescope mankind has ever seen, dwarfing anything the Americans are planning. So European, and in particular Irish astronomy, is the best space exploration in the universe that we're aware of. And this is the kind of things we feature in the magazine every month. That's so cool. Sorry, Sean. I need to jump in there. I didn't realise that Ireland was so heavily involved in in space exploration and telescopes it, and everything. It gets better. <laughs> really? Next year, oh yes, next year we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the first man on the moon. Mm-hmm. And of course, he was Irish. He told me himself. Oh. I interviewed Neil Armstrong a few years ago and he said they just traced his family tree and his family came from County Fermanagh. No wow. way. So we're doing a documentary about it next year and then it traces actual family roots. Uh, he passed away unfortunately in 2012. Mm. So the huge Irish angle, the first person on Mars could be Irish. If not, they'll almost certainly have Irish roots as well. There's so many in the yeah. Irish diaspora <laughs> out there. And that's what we love to feature, you know, finding angles like that, bring it home to people. It's not just something you read about or watch on the news happening in other countries. It happens here in Ireland as well. Absolutely. And I think the Astronomy Ireland, as you said, the the magazine and stuff you guys put out was fantastic. Uh, I saw, I think it was this month's one where you had the, the section on if you're buying like telescopes or stuff like that for people for Christmas presents. And there was some guides on, on kind of what to look out for, which I thought was really cool. Oh, yeah. We get lots of emails and social media queries about telescopes at this time of year. And, uh, you know, I could give you advice on telescopes. We used to run a huge telescope shop during the boom, uh, but it when the recession hit, we shut it down. And after that, there's so many available online these days, you don't need an actual shop in Ireland. Yeah. True. But it's fantastic, because I think a lot of people going out to buy their first one, they wouldn't have a clue what to be looking for. They, they kind of yeah. know basically what they want, but it's a whole different world if you've never shopped for a telescope before. Absolutely. We have a webpage uh, uh, giving some advice, and what we say to people, if you're, you're stuck between a few models that you think you, you want one of them, but you can't decide which, send us the links by email and we'll give you free advice because we want people to get telescopes and to use them the more they invest in the hobby financially the more likely they are to stick with it for the rest of their lives and we think it's a fantastic hobby for life you can make a career out of it and if you don't become an academic astronomer while you're studying your astronomy you'll end up studying science and Ireland is of course a huge science economy something like 60% of our GDP that's three times more than a construction industry was at the peak in, in the in the mid noughties and uh, about six times bigger 
than the agriculture sector. So, wow. so Ireland is all about science. That's so exciting. Like I never would have realized that. And just as you were saying that there's tips on how to pick out the best telescope and suited for what kind of person. I think with this day and age, with social media and everything, kids especially will be more interested in space and they'll see more than maybe they did 20 years ago. So they'll, that interest will be there already. So there might be more, uh, even with all the Mars landings and photos from Mars coming, it's going to be, it will be a wonderful Christmas present, I'd say. Absolutely. And, you know, you can start off with a, a, a telescope for 20 quid. You buy a pair of 10 by 50 binoculars. Yeah. Binoculars short for binocular telescopes. It just simply means oh. one free die. <laughs> and, you, you know, you, they'll have 50 millimeter lenses at the front. The little pupil in your eye is only seven millimeters. So <laughs> they're seven times wider. That means they collect times seven, which is 49 times more light than your eyes do. Okay. That's a huge jump in power. Yeah. Absolutely. And I've done that myself before as well, where like standing outside and just, especially down the countryside more so because you can obviously see more of the sky, where I just use binoculars and the amount more you can see with just a half decent pair of binoculars is amazing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you've got 50 times your standard eye power. There are bigger binoculars than that, but they get too heavy. But thanks to Chinese manufacturing good quality optics, uh, when I was a kid, that wasn't the way. Binoculars were expensive. They were made in Japan. Uh, today, a good pair of Chinese binoculars, most of you look on the back, are made in China. Yeah. Uh, will, like you say there, show you star clusters, galaxies, double stars, colored stars. Uh, you can even see the moons of Jupiter with a simple pair of binoculars. Oh, wow. wow. Oh, I think I know what I want for Christmas now. <laughs> <laughs> Sold. <laughs> um, so, of course, Astronomy Ireland, as you said, events going on all throughout the year. And um, yeah. in particular, you've got two events coming up over the next week or so. We do indeed, and these are all open to the public because we're always trying to get the public to join Astronomy Island. We're, we've become the most popular astronomy club in the world. You could argue the universe until <laughs> they find some aliens. Yeah, we've no proof you're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll claim the universe yeah. for the time yeah. being. And uh, what we do is we like to set up, some of the members have big telescopes. They very kindly bring them along. Uh, to let other people look through them. They're thousands of times more powerful than your eyes. It's like the jump from your eyes to binoculars. Well, this is a jump from binoculars. There's as big a jump up to giant telescopes. And we often look at the moon and planets. Mm. But this Christmas, there's a comet around. A comet that goes around the sun every five and a half years mm -hmm. and just happens to be coming unusually close to the Earth, no 13 way. times closer than the sun. It's called Comet Vertanen, or we're calling it the Christmas Comet. <laughs> and it was this close again. We ran the calculations through a NASA uh, portal, and uh, even in 500 years' time, it doesn't even come eight, uh, an eighth uh, as close as it does this month. So this is really a once-in-a-lifetime chance to see this particular comet. I saw it last night out in the countryside with the naked eye, and mm -hmm. it's going to get a bit brighter over the next few weeks. Uh, and if you've got a pair of binoculars, you get an even better view of it. So we're running a watch for it with giant telescopes look into the heart of the comet, as it were, on Friday night, 8 o'clock, in Blanchardstown, at where the Astronomy on headquarters are. You'll get all the details on the map on astronomy.ie. Bring the whole family. Absolutely. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. The opportunity to get to have a look at that through, like, obviously much better telescopes than a lot of people are going to have at home, even mm. if you are an, an amateur astronomer, you might only have something 
kind of mid-range, yeah. you know, so it's a fantastic opportunity. telescopes costing thousands of euros, wow. so not many people have access to these kinds of telescopes. Yeah, that's fantastic. And the fact, as I said, the fact you can see it with the naked eye as well, it's great that you can, if you can't make it to the event, if you can get somewhere with clear skies and you have yep. a, a decent pair of binoculars, you're still going to get a nice view. You've got the whole month, and in fact, you'll even see it with a pair of binoculars, certainly in January, mm. and it's the cover story of the December issue of Astronomy All Magazine. You should be able to get that in done stores recently. You can go to astronomy.ie, and for a fiver, including the postage, you can order it, and you'll have it in plenty of time for Christmas and to see the comet and then to, if you sign up for the whole year's subscription next month January there's a total eclipse of the moon visible from Ireland and we'll be featuring that uh, as well so you always get the details of when and where to look that's a fantastic asset to have as well for people who are just have an interest in astronomy um, but just saying that the comet probably won't be passing for 500 years or more, how, how do you go about calculating that? How <laughs> well, the, well, it was thanks to Isaac Newton and Edmund Halley of Halley's Comet mm. fame. Yeah. Uh, Halley actually encouraged Newton to, to publish his, his, his theory of gravity. Yeah. And that enabled him to predict this comet he saw it was the same comet. In fact, he, Halley showed that this comet comes back roughly once every lifetime, yeah. and it's called Halley's Comet ever since. It'll be, it'll be back again in 2061. Oh. Um, now we know about 3,500 comets that go around the sun, and they all obey the law of gravity. Unfortunately, gravity is very predictable mathematically. Mm. Uh, so we can predict thousands of years in the future and thousands of years in, into the past if we measure yeah. how the comets are moving accurately right now. Wow, that's fantastic. Unbelievable that you can actually, you know, with some amount of accuracy, you know, predict that far in the future. It's, it is mind-blowing. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I remember over a year ago, we were looking at the highlights for 2018, and we could see that Comet Vertinen was coming for the end of the year, and that it would get particularly close and therefore be bright. And the nice thing is it comes every five and a half years, so although it normally needs a telescope to see it, we, we were used to how bright it gets. Uh, so it, you just factor in the extra closer distance. And it gives you a pretty good guide, and it's stuck to the guide as to how bright it's supposed to be. Mm. I was delighted to see it with the naked eye last night, because comets visible to the naked eye are very rare. And this one's high up in the dark sky all night long nearly, till midnight anyway. And just as somebody who stares at the stars a lot, is there any way to kind of differentiate between, like it might be a plane? Because there's a few times when there's been a meteor shower, and like, is that, am I seeing a meteor, or are my eyes playing tricks, or is it a plane? Is there anything that separates it out from and makes it really obvious that it's a comet? Yes, the, the classic idea of a comet is it whizzes across the sky. In fact, it doesn't. It sits there motionless all night long, at least as no far way. as the naked eye or a pair of binoculars are concerned. It is actually moving at tens of thousands of uh, miles or kilometers an hour, yeah. but it's so far away that you don't really see that motion, except from night to night. It'll okay. be near one star one night and another star the next night. So. If you see something whiz across the sky, that's a shooting star or meteor. Yeah. If it drifts across the sky for a few minutes, it's probably a man-made satellite. The International Space Station's flying over tonight at six minutes past six. Oh. Uh, there's actually a meteor shower peaking on uh, Thursday night, the 13th. Oh, wow. The best of the year, called the Geminids. We'll get 20 times more shooting stars than normal that night. Wow. Uh, and there's the comet watch the night after and our Christmas lecture the following Monday so it's a very busy week for us here in Astronomy Island definitely and I suppose if you look at the sky at any point this week you might see something <laughs> whether it be yeah, a meteor or the comet or the satellite 
You'll see the comet every night this week and every night next week. And oh. stars will, will be half as good the night before Thursday night and Thursday. half as good the night after. So they're well worth watching for two or three nights, in fact. Oh, wow. Amazing. So, uh, also, before we let you go as well, um, of course, there's a lot that's been kind of going on. We've been hearing it in the media a lot recently about um, Mars Insight. Mm. Uh, that's, that's kind of one of the big stories at the minute. And uh, have you got anything, have you stuff going on, particularly, particularly excuse me, to do with that anytime soon? Uh, Mars itself, yeah, we've lots happening with Mars. Uh, first of all, it was closest to the Earth um, for since 2003 this summer and it's still very bright in the south if you see an orangey red very bright star in the south in the evenings that's actually the planet Mars and it's oh, there until wow. nearly midnight and it's going to be there for a few more months um, if you've got a good telescope you have to see surface markings now wow. the inside spacecraft landed recently and in fact that's the subject of our Christmas lecture being given by Kevin Nolan of the Planetary Society and he's a he's a big fan of Mars. He's actually written a book about Mars, and what he doesn't know about Mars isn't worth knowing. And he studied <laughs> the Insight mission, which is a unique mission. Listen for Mars quakes and probe the inside of trying to figure out where it went. Why it didn't say wet and warm like the Earth did. And he's also going to preview the. You may remember the mission in 2015 that went to the Pluto. Yeah. And it was directed onto an asteroid out beyond Neptune. It's going to arrive on, I think it's New Year's Eve, and he's going to preview that mission as well for our Christmas lecture next Monday in Trinity College, both in the university. It's actually aimed at the general public, just to have great facilities for lectures there at 8 o'clock. So everyone's welcome to that. There's even a Christmas party afterwards. Oh, brilliant. That's With free so food. Cool. <laughs> even free better. food. We're sold. <laughs> free food and science. <laughs> Uh, absolutely what's better food and science you can't really beat it um, well David thanks very much for joining us on the show it was fantastic to have you on um, I'm, I definitely feel with the, with the team of the show going forward it's, it's not the last we're going to hear of you on here definitely not I've learned so much already just from this interview alone <laughs> so well, there are thousands of members all around the country and tens of thousands on social media so do check out astronomy.a sign up at least for the free social media yeah. if you've got a five or a month to spare sign up for the magazine as well you'll get all the extra details that yeah. way one last cup of coffee yeah that's all one last cup of yeah. coffee and you've got your subscription <laughs> and it's well worth and it's it it's a great gift for Christmas Eve if you're looking to get it as a gift terrific just tell them to go to astronomy.a or if you know someone interested in space especially a young person yeah. it's actually reduced yeah. rates for young people send them our yeah. way yeah fantastic well, brilliant. It was great to have you on the show today. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Anytime. See you now. Cheers. Merry Bye-bye. Christmas. And you Merry too. Christmas. And you're very welcome back to Genius Hat. That was such an interesting interview with David Moore. It was. I really, really it. enjoyed it. I like. I love that he's always so enthusiastic as well. Oh, he's brilliant. Yeah. David Moore is fantastic yeah. in terms of... He, is, is with Phoenix FM <coughs> excuse me as a station he's come on a good few times mm. and um, he's always in media in general he's always willing to go and, and talk about the stuff because he's just he's so passionate about it and I think That's it comes it. through and like chatting to him he explains things at a level that even I can understand. <laughs> yeah, he makes it he makes it very easy for us accessible. to accessible. Yeah, that's that's the best way to put it. Yeah. He's, he's a very good science communicator like that. He he really does and get it across so in a very important. accessible way. It is. Yeah. It really, really is. Um, um speaking of accessible 
Hello. Yes. You have some stories. We've got some news. Um, so, yeah, we're going to run through a few uh, interesting news things. We haven't got a lot of time, so we're going to kind of fly through a few here. <laughs> Literally, in some cases. Um, interesting one there uh, from a few days ago. Chinese spacecraft launches on a mission to the far side of the moon. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a pretty interesting thing. Is it thing. the dark side of the moon? Well, it, if, presume, presumably it would be because oh. it's the far side of the moon. I like the song. Uh, it's the other side. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, it launched. It's China. It was launched in China, as I said. Um, it's the Cheng 4 lander and rover. Oh. So there's been a few of these um, Cheng crafts that have been, Cheng missions that oh. have been sent off. And this, I presumably, will be the fourth one, considering yeah. it's called Cheng 4. <laughs> um, but what's particularly interesting about it is if once this happens it will be the first time that uh, we have landed on that side of the moon no way hmm. that's so exciting yeah oh it's it is it's really really interesting <clears throat> I feel like there's been so much space exploration in the last just 10 years or so that has just kind of blown other stuff out of the water like no pun intended but we're going at light speed yeah. in terms of how we're progressing progressing and learning new things and the information and data that we're getting back mm. is Phenomenal, and the fact we're starting to see like the likes of China, mm. <coughs> who are, <coughs> excuse me, who are kind of really pushing to show they're 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 being competitive now in the mm. kind of the space market, if you want to put yeah. it that way. But uh, the fact that you know to do something this cool, where they would be the first to to actually do that. I mean, we're all setting our sights now on Mars and yeah. seeing what's up there. But it's there's still a lot of stuff to discover here. You know, yeah. discover I say here, but discover yeah. on on the moon. Um, they of course they launched a satellite to kind of go with it as well because yeah. that will kind of communicate <clears throat> back and forth. Yeah. I appear to have something caught in, caught in my throat for oh, some no. reason. <clears throat> but uh, I'll be fine. I'll survive. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think it, it's fantastic, and it's great to see them getting getting in there and really kind of Definitely. trying to spread spread their own wings. No pun intended. But like, com- <clears throat> like this kind of competition is needed, I think, because look at the space race. Yeah, that like it launched. Like, they were flying along. So mm. many puns. I'm so sorry, <laughs> but it's kind of hard. Um, and then after the moon landing, things did kind of slow down a bit because mm. it was like, oh, they got there. Yeah, exactly. And, where, and then there were, the competition ended. It was like, oh. But now, because so, there's so much access to technology and information and satellites and everything, kind of, it's it's not easier to get involved, but you have access to things that will let you, allow you to plan and build hmm. to discover new things. Yeah, and there's, as we've seen, there's more countries kind of getting in there yeah. and throwing their hat in the race. We even, ourselves, in terms of like AirSat1, we're yeah. going to have our first first Irish-made satellite going up there as well. We'd, so uh, cool. Hope to get those guys on the show sometime soon yeah. as well. Fingers crossed. Um, yeah, another one, an interesting one. Just I, I, I noticed we're battling the clock here. Um, <laughs> Voyager 2 has entered interstellar space officially. Um, so that was, that uh, happened earlier. T- well, it was announced earlier today. Um an interesting one. It's the second time now that a man-made object has enter, entered interstellar space. So, as the the article I'm reading here puts it, the space between the stars. Because um, it's kind of literally what it is. They've left our solar system. They're kind yeah. of heading out then and to see how kind of far they'll go. Um, it was back in the 70s that the, the Voyager crafts were both launched, Voyager 1 and 2. Um, for some reason, Voyager 2 was launched first. <laughs> which to me is like, maybe you should have like waited to see which one went first and yeah. named that one Voyager 1. Um, but yeah, that was launched first. And Voyager 1 actually was the, had done it before. Voyager 1 left the solar system before Voyager 2, even though Voyager 2 was launched first. Um, so it did that back uh, a few years ago. That would have been uh, in 2013, I yeah. think. 
Wow. Correct me if I'm wrong. Somebody will. If I'm yeah. wrong, they will correct me, I'm sure. Um, but that had done it already. So that was the first one to kind of get out there and do that. And now we have a second one that's it's gone out there. And it, I just think it's fantastic kind of to see what's out there to see. Yeah, it's so exciting. And like there's just still so much to learn mm-hmm. that I suppose we'll never, we'll probably never know everything to yeah. do with like the galaxies or space but it is nice to learn kind of even just about the moon from what we can see and Mars and things that we can quantify or a little bit more tangible tangible yeah no I think it, it is it's it's um, it's stuff like this is why I'd love to do have more people on to talk about yeah. this kind of stuff yeah like I think we can sit here and talk about it for a while and talk about how fantastic it is that all this stuff is happening but I mean as we've said before, we're science enthusiasts. We're not science scientists. Yeah. You know. Um, we only know so much and we can only explain so much. Like we, yeah, exactly. We only have so much vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Um, and like there's an interesting one. Do I have time? We have a little bit of time. Really quickly throw this in. <laughs> um, that NASA have an, uh, launched a new mission uh, that will intend to keep the Earth safe from asteroids. Oh. And now in my head when I read that title, it's the only reason I want to really quickly talk about talk about it. I was like, oh, big lasers that are going to shoot in the space and blow them up. Oh, cool. Uh, no, it's not that. Oh, <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you meant it was, damn it. <laughs> no, there'll be. it's basically just in order to kind of get more you know more put more resources into actually studying asteroids and kind of how they move around and their orbits and oh, different wow. things in order to try to basically make it so that we can predict even when we're gonna be better what's going to happen yeah <laughs> so i think the whole idea being to either minimize the consequences of a collision if it was to happen or yeah. find a way to make sure it doesn't happen but uh we'll i think we'll talk about that and more information on a later date because yeah. we don't have any time now to talk about Maybe it. Maybe next week. Uh, yeah, possibly we'll bring that up again next week. Um, but yeah, we've basically run out of time. Yeah, oh, it was such a good show. It was, episode show two, in the bag. Two. It's yeah. in the bag. Um, and we're still on air. Yeah, somehow. Oh. They've let us continue to do it. <laughs> um, next week we are still ironing things out for what we're going to do. Yes. But um, and we always look for, always interested in getting suggestions as well. If you guys Definitely, ever have any suggestions, yeah. get onto the social medias. Any um, articles or anything you'd like us to talk about? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So anything you want to kind of hear on the show, definitely let us know. Yeah. As and well not just as space. No. Just technology, Technology science, in general. Anything interesting. Mm. We, we like, like interesting learn. things. Yes. But uh, with that, we will leave you guys. This has been episode two of Genius Hack. Leave you and love you. We will. So until next week, bye-bye. Bye.